This is the fourth in our summer special series on the church. We're taking a break this summer from our typical Bible chats and our weekly interview format for this podcast. This podcast is composed generally of two types of episodes, and usually it's one or two Bible chats per week. We also have weekly interviews where I interview people about how they came to faith in Christ and perhaps sometimes also an interest of theirs, a niche of theirs in ministry, something they're maybe an expert about and how it relates to the Christian faith. Those are our weekly interviews. Those are the two type of episodes, but this summer I'm taking a break from those and doing just a special, more of a monologue. All my other episodes I have at least one guest on, sometimes multiple guests, but these summer special episodes are just myself sharing with you some of my thoughts and some of the fruit of my research on the subject of the church and how the church can be more effective as we move into the future in North America in which the landscape for church life and for religious life and the attitude of the general population toward Christianity, toward Christians, and toward church, and most specifically attitude toward the institutional church has been changing significantly over the past few decades. And so I'm teaching about what the scriptures, not, I'm not doing a thorough study of the church from the New Testament. What I'm doing is I'm picking out passages and thoughts that come from the New Testament on the subject of the church, specifically how it relates to where we are as church in America today, how we go about doing church, and what are some of the changes that perhaps need to take place in order for us to be even more faithful to the scriptures in how we structure the church, how we carry out the mission of the church, how we gather as Christians and do this thing we call church. In our previous three episodes, I really introduced this topic by saying that we're living in a time right now where many students of ecclesiology, the, the doctrine of the church, and many missiologists, that are, that is to say, people who study how to do missions in a given culture, are saying to us that we're in a transitional period and therefore the church is going to need to pivot and transition some of the ways we do things. We're not into novelty just for the sake of novelty. We're saying that we have to adjust with the times, and the church has always done that. And so for those who resist this and say, we don't want change for the sake of change, I agree. We don't want change just for the sake of change. We want change to be more aligned scripturally with fulfilling the mission that God has given us, remaining faithful to the scriptures and honoring the Lord, but being willing to make some adjustments, reforming the church. And the church should always be reforming. We should always be saying, is there a better way to do this? And if so, we must do that for the glory of God. Just as we as individuals always need to be in reformation as we are being reformed into or conformed or formed into the image of Jesus Christ. There's a Latin phrase that I have, I'm quite fond of. It's semper reformanda, which means always reforming. Another way to put this is I'm always growing. I'm going to be a different man than I was five years ago. Five years from now, I want to be a different man than I am right now. I want to be a better man. I want to be a more faithful follower of Jesus. I want to have more fruit of the Spirit in my life. And so what's true on the individual level for the Christian is also true on the corporate level for the church. We together as local Christians gathered in an assembly, in our case, Harvest Jacksonville, we want Harvest Jacksonville to be better in five years than it is right now. And we hope that Harvest Jacksonville right now is healthier and better than it was five years ago. Always reforming, always growing, always willing to change and listen to the voice of the Spirit as he applies the Scriptures and we, as we seek to be more faithful to apply the Scriptures, not just in our own personal lives, but also as a church. 
it's my conviction that this is a season in which we need to perhaps be making more significant changes and doing more growing because of the nature of how things are changing so much around us. And we need to respond to that faithfully. A lot of this is review, but I think it's important to do that. So we learn, we learn through repetition. And so I want to repeat myself. The first episode, I spoke of how the church functioned with a basic overarching model of ministry that was effective and related to the culture. I'm talking in Western civilization and Western culture, related well as an institutional expression, as a centralized campus expression with professional clergy that were highly trained. The trust level was high in the culture with the institution of the church. People understood in the Western culture that in order to experience God in community, in order to be discipled and taught and instructed, you were to go to a centralized location, a church building, we called it. Today, we sometimes call them the church campus because it's multiple buildings. A centralized location in the community or, or city or town where everyone would come to gather and congregate. The church owned property owned facilities, owned buildings, and it was understood that's where you go to meet with other Christians, have fellowship and instruction, and worship God. That model, the programmatic centralized location model, was prevailing in our culture for 16, 1700 years, beginning with Constantine, the Holy Roman Empire, when Christianity was at first by Constantine legalized, and then not too long after that actually declared the official religion of the Roman Empire, and that approach of the centralized campus, the institutional church with the professional clergy, etc., prevailed for centuries. But now Western culture has drifted from having a dominant worldview formed by Judeo-Christian values. Now we're living in a secular age. We're living with a worldview that values science and personal feelings. Those are the two things that are dominating our society today dominating our culture. Since the 1970s, Americans have been very distrustful of institutions, going back to Watergate, distrustful of a centralized expression, cynical toward the church, hostile toward authority, hostile toward hierarchy. Now, we can point our fingers at the culture and say, well, that's the problem. They're the problem. Or we can recognize that the scriptures allow for flexibility in the structure of the church and apply wisdom to come up with expressions of the church that are faithful to the Word of God and yet also accessible to the people who need to be reached with the gospel. Part of the difficulty in embracing these changes is we have a tendency to read the New Testament and read about the church and read into those passages that teach about the church, read into it our perspective of how we do church and assume that's the way they did it back then. I call that anachronistic Bible reading. I did an entire session on that. That was session two in this summer series. We need to break free of that and recognize the danger of that. Session three, the third episode, was all about prescription versus description. We need to recognize the difference in the Bible between describing the way the early Christians did it and commands from the Lord on how to do it. Just because early Christians did it a certain way doesn't necessarily mean we have to do it that way today. We obey the commandments of the Lord, and sometimes the model the early Christians gave us were, was good and effective, and we should learn from it and maybe do the same. But if it's not commanded by the Lord, that doesn't mean we have to do it that way. That's when we get into legalism, when we make commands, things that aren't commanded in the Bible. I gave an example that may have shocked some of you. Nowhere in the New Testament are we commanded to meet on Sunday morning. Nowhere. You say, well, what about the early church? They met on Sunday morning. Sure they did. The Bible describes how they met on Sunday morning. 
That's called description. That's my whole point in that episode, episode three in this series. Don't confuse description for prescription. The Bible described what the early church did, and sometimes maybe we need to do that way too. Maybe that'd be appropriate for our culture. But let's not put a law on the church that we have to do it the exact same way they did it. Church buildings, let's take that and use that as an example. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say Christians have to own a building and meet in that building that they own. If you look for a descriptive example of that, there is none. Nowhere in the New Testament do Christians own buildings and meet in them. So that certainly would indicate that it's okay if you don't. That's what the early Christians did. But that doesn't mean that we can never own church buildings. It's not wrong to own a church building, for a church to own a building and make that its primary gathering place, because we're not told not to do that. With the vagueness comes freedom. When the scriptures are vague on a topic, or when the scriptures are silent on a topic, then there's freedom. So churches today can own property and buildings and use them, or churches today can meet in rented facilities, leased facilities like our church does, can meet in homes like they did in the New Testament. There's freedom there. We can go meet in a park. The important part is that we meet together. We can meet over Zoom. We had to do that during the lockdown a couple years ago. We need to be clear as to what the command is. What is the prescription? We're commanded to meet together regularly. That's what we're commanded to do. In what type of building or to meet in a building at all? We can meet outdoors. doesn't matter. doesn't matter at all. Nowhere in Scripture does it say prescribe what type of environment we're supposed to meet in, in terms of a facility or no facility or whatever. So there's freedom there. If the church is the assembly of God's people and we're to get together and and be doing certain things together, which if you want to know what those things are we're supposed to be doing together, read the New Testament, find the commands that tell us what we're supposed to be doing. There's over 30 one another commands in the New Testament. Love one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, confess your sins to one another. There's over 30 of those one another statements. That's what we're supposed to be doing with each other, for each other, by God's grace and for his glory. In order to do those things, we have to be in communication with each other. We have to be in contact with each other. We have to be meetings together in some capacity, in some way, we have to be in proximity to one another to accomplish those things. So how do we meet? How many people do we get together? And in our next episode, we're going to explore that some more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville is copyrighted by Brett A. Marani, 2022.